for those of you who have a pet, you love them to the ends of the earth, right? And you would do anything for them as well. Well, why not extend that kind of affection to wildlife? Because they're just as special as pets. They're all animals. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. Once again, here to assist me with today's episode is my producer, Mandy, who I can always count on. Oh, aren't you gorgeous? Hello. Hello, Mandy. How are you? I'm good. Your voice went a little bit squeaky then. It was quite funny. Okay. (laughs) I, I, I love how you followed up with a very deep, okay. How low do you reckon you can get your voice? Swing low. Sweet chariot. <laughs> uh, well, we're off to a good start. Tell me, Michael, what's happening in your life? What's news? Are you well? I'm Yes, I'm still going well. Um, life is still the same. Nothing new has changed. But I will give an update on things between me and Sarah. Um, yes. Things are going well. Yep. We're still talking to each other. Yep. Um, seeing each other messages on Messenger throughout the week. And on weekends, we FaceTime each other. Fantastic. I am planning to visit her in, in Perth in December. Oh, wow. That's only a few months away. Two months away, actually. A friend of mine is going to come with me. What a great idea. There's lots of that cool things is. to do in Perth. That's fantastic news. Well, I'm very yeah. pleased that this is still moseying along. Yep, yeah, I'm pleased about that too. Do you still send voice messages to her? Yes, of course. Yeah, they're fun, aren't they? They are, and they're more... To the point than texting. Well, they are. A lot of people don't like them, but I like to sing weird songs to my friends when I send voice messages. Okay. Try me. What, you want me to pretend I'm singing you a weird song on a voice message? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I dare you. So let's imagine that I'm sending you this on your phone. Mr. Ray plus, Mr. AA plus, I love your shirts, I love your shirts, call me back. <laughs> That's normally what I do. Like stuff like that. Very unorthodox, but all right. Yeah, you keep doing that. <laughs> Today, I'd like to give you some good news stories. Well, that's a great idea because there's always enough bad news around, isn't there? Two good news stories that I think we might find very intriguing. Let's go. Let's talk about the first one. Okay, the first one is the Northern Hairy Nose Wombat numbers bounce back thanks to a conservationist's efforts. Tell me more about the Hairy Nose Wombats. The Northern Hairy Nose Wombats are mostly nocturnal animals. Wombats can do a lot of damage. Have you ever seen wombats that have dug really deep or dug or, or scratched at doors? I haven't. They they can actually do a lot of damage. They've got very, very sharp claws for digging. But if they decide they want to come into yeah. your house, they will ruin your door. Yeesh. And when they um defecate, they um poop cubes. Their poo is in the shape of a cube. And if you don't believe us, Google it. It's actually in the shape of a cube. Did you Google the shape um, of the poo? No, but I actually have a model of it. You have a model of wombat poo? Um, It came with a model of a wombat that I... That I made um, months ago. Right. So you have got model wombat poo in your bedroom, in your quarters. Yeah, but it's actually made of cardboard, actually. <laughs> wow. But for future reference, I think I should 
see for myself if it if it's actually a cube. I'm gonna take a look and see if if it's true. Yeah, have a look. It's crazy. And it is. It's crazy. Like, sorry, I'm gonna park the good news story for a second. Do we know how the bottom of a wombat manages to poo in a cube? Nope, I do not know. Uh, we got to get to the bottom of this. All right, you keep talking about the good news story. I'm going to quickly look up how this happens. Okay, cool. With this good news story, um, a conservationist by the name of Alan Horsup helped boost the numbers of the northern hairy nose wombat species. I'll tell you how. Through his efforts, um, the population jumped from only 60 in numbers in nine, back in 1991 to now more than 350. Wow, that's huge. It definitely is. It's a massive improvement. Mm. And in fact, there are three species of wombat in Australia, but the northern hairy nose wombat is not only the rarest, but also the largest. It weighs about 32 kilograms. It reaches more than one meter in length. Yeah, they're big. They certainly are. All right, I've done some research while you've been talking. Yeah. About the cubed poo. This is fascinating. So scientists got a, a, a poor old wombat that had been hit by a car and they opened him up and they found that his intestines contain two grooves where the gut is a little bit more elastic. So because of the area of the gut that's a little bit more elastic than the other areas, it sort of squeezes at different times and expands and kind of contracts, which means that as the feces moves through, it kind of then get squared off, if you like. And then they yeah. were thinking about why. Why would a wombat have this poo that's kind of square-shaped or cube-shaped? Why would it have evolved to do that? And they reckon it's because wombats climb up on top of logs and rocks and they mark their territory with their poo. But if they did little round poos, they would just roll off. Whereas by doing cube poos, they actually stay on the rocks and the logs and the high points. Yeah, that's actually true because animals sometimes mark their territory by um, leaving their feces in yeah, the area. Yeah, yeah. For anyone who doesn't believe us, Google wombat poo cubes and you will be delighted. Or blown away. Yes. If you still don't believe us. <laughs> yes. What's your second yeah. good news story, Michael? The town of Dalesford, which is located in Western Victoria, is about to become the home of Australia's first big icon that celebrates the LGBTIQA community. Okay, so for people that may not know, and that would be a lot of people overseas, Australia is known for its big things. We have the big prawn, we've got the big potato, we've got the big pineapple, the big orange. What else have we got? Pelican? Is there a big pelican? Not that I'm aware of. People make these big statues around regional areas of Australia and they were in the 70s and the 80s quite big tourist attractions and now they're just kind of weird relics of a time gone by so is there a new one being yeah. built well actually this thing that, um, that I just mentioned um it's called the big rainbow it's a joyous symbol of the LGBT LGBTIQA community you know inclusion it is currently built, but now it's being permanently relocated to Dalesford in Western Victoria. That's so cool. I think there's a queer festival that happens in Dalesford. Yes, I, I think there is. It measures around um, 12 metres wide and 6 metres tall. It actually made made its debut in Sydney earlier this year so that it could start um, its search for its future home. Mm. The rainbow icon is actually a beacon for 
inclusion. It's great. You've got a rainbow flag in your quarters, don't you? Yes, that's right. As proof that I support that community. Two fantastic good news stories, rainbows and wombat poo. It doesn't get any better than that, Mr. A+. Yes, I know. Describing one of our, um, one of Australia's most, most unique species, and it's one of its most native species, and doing something something positive for the LGBTIQA community. And one of our most colourful communities. I love it. Exactly. And besides, there are seven colours of the rainbow. Roygibiv, baby. What does that mean? Roygibiv is what you say when you want to remember the order of the colours. Red, orange, yellow, Roy. Green, blue. I get it now. I dare you to name your firstborn child Roygibiv. I'm not doing that. <laughs> if I had a son, I would never call him that. I'd you rather call him Edward. You could call him Roy for short. <laughs> no. Edward, Edward would suit him best. Anyway. I've got a challenge for you. You know how I like to challenge you. Yes, I know. We're already well aware of this. Ah, well, Mr. A+, get your head straight because it's time for Disney Quiz Me! Sounds interesting. I look forward to this one. Today's movie is Finding Nemo. (laughs) This should be a breeze. All right. I'm ready. What kind of fish is Marlin? A clownfish. Which actor plays the character of Dory? Ellen DeGeneres. What Academy Award did this movie win in 2003? I don't recall. Oh, I've got him! It's Best Animated Feature. Nice. And it was the first Pixar film to do that. That's surprising, considering how Toy Story is there. Is there I know. That true crowning success. True or false? Finding Nemo is the best-selling DVD of all time. Come on, Mr. DVD. You're always talking um, about your DVD, 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 DVDs. True? Yes, it is true. 40 million copies sold as of 2006. That was 16 nice. years ago. So, yeah, have you got a copy on DVD? No. Oh, wow, that surprises me because you are Mr. DVD, DVD, DVD. Yeah, but the thing is, um, Finding Nemo has never really been my thing. Oh, it's such a good film. But I kind of prefer the second one. Well, I haven't finished my quiz me. So far, you have three right and one wrong. Nice. In the first scene with Bruce, the great white shark, he takes Nemo and Dory to a party, which turns out to be like an AA meeting for sharks. Yep. What is their pledge? I am a nice shark. Not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends, not food. Wow, you got that word for word. That is awesome. I honestly thought I was going to get you on that one. That's because I watched it several times as a kid. (laughs) Why does Bruce change from being friendly to chasing Dory and Nemo? What happens? Marlon accidentally made Dory bleed in the face. Yep. Because they were fighting over a diver's mask. Yep. And a small bit of blood was passing upward towards Bruce's direction. He took a quick whiff of it yep. and his eyes turned black. Yeah. His instinct kicked in, didn't it? Yep, it did. It was a bit scary. It kind of was, yeah. Last question. I mean, you're nailing it. I won't, I won't lie. How does Gil get Nemo out of the dentist office? I don't know how to describe it, but um, Nemo landed in a mouthwash basin. Yep. And then he gets flushed down the drain, yeah? Yeah, he did. Well done. You know Finding Nemo. Something tells me that, that if, if we were on some kind of adventure together, we'd be like Marlon and Dory. <laughs> 
Would I be Dory or would you be Dory? You'd be Dory, obviously. No, not obviously. I'm not forgetful like that. I'm not nearly as ditzy. But you are far more cheerful than me, though. I align more with Marlon. Yeah. Except I'm not neurotic, whatever that means. You're a little bit neurotic. <laughs> I don't even know what neurotic means. <gasps> I'm not going to put a label on you. Don't be silly. Well done. You've just passed Disney Quiz Me. Cool. And you didn't even cheat. You would have caught me if I did. Your ambassador from Yowie World is back. Today's segment of Yowie World is going to be all about its latest series of animals called Animals with Superpowers. I'm explaining to you why these animals are special. Well, let me put it this way. As children, you've all um, read comic books and how great all these superheroes can be and what amazing powers they have and what talents they're able, they're able to do with themselves. Well, those are ca- fictional characters in comic books. Did you guys ever know that the Amur Leopard is able to carry ten times their weight? And you all probably know that that superhero Spider-Man can, crawl, can climb on walls. Well, guess what? The peacock tarantula has the ability to taste and smell with the hairs on its body, in spite of how scary they look. When full size, the leg span of peacock tarantulas is about 15 to 20 centimeters. Overall, they're the, they're the size of a human hand, and they're found in the trees in Sri Lanka and India, and their the hairs are hypersensitive as well. Even though I... I'm very scared of spiders, especially the large hairy ones. I do find peacock tarantulas to be um, interesting creatures because of their unique abilities. And the only reason I learned about the peacock tarantula was because of Yowie World. Because they added the peacock tarantula as as one of the animals in their later series, Animals with Superpowers. As their, um, their website describes that comic book superheroes seem to be awesome in the eyes of children and teenagers and comic book fans, superpowers in the animal kingdom are actually real. Some real-life superpowers that animals have would be shape-shifting, infrared vision, and magnetism. For example, bumblebees generate magnetic fields with their, with their wings. There's 21 collectibles in the series Animals of Superpowers. One of them is of Nap and the other of Crag, and there are 19 animals. And one of them is the Pacific Giant Glass Frog, which is the rarest one. Getting that one is one in 1,000 chances. That's how rare it is. But one of the best parts about collecting these animals is having something to collect, something to cherish, and something to learn about as well. And the Pacific Giant Glass Frog, they're actually found in high mountain cloud forests near waterfalls in Ecuador and Colombia. I'll explain why. Because their superpower is translucency. Their skin is translucent. So that means you can see through to their organs, bones, and muscles. You know, transparency. And they're they're able to blend into their surroundings as well. So that means they're able to camouflage themselves as if they look like they're part of a leaf that they sit on. You know, from dark green to lime green. The the Yowie products have been one of my most cherished moments of my life ever since I was a kid, considering that my mother used to get them for me all the time, and because of my deep passion for animals, I just love learning about them. I 
I'm fascinated by all their characteristics, their abilities, and what they can really do. And the fact that they, they live much simpler, less complicated lives. Animals are something that we should cherish and, and protect and respect at all times. For those of you who have a pet, you love them to the ends of the earth, right? And you would do anything for them as well. I would too, for that matter. Well, why not extend that kind of affection to wildlife? Because they're just as, just as special as pets. They're all animals. Because they, we want these animals to live. Even I would give anything for the animal kingdom to be protected. And yes, even the big hairy spiders that scare me. For those of you out there who have never heard of Yowie World or their products, or have never even had a Yowie in your life, and if you, if you really want to know more about these products, and if you're very intrigued by it, I suggest jumping onto Yowie World's website and search for store locators anywhere near you, whether you're in Australia or the US, because they are definitely there in both the US and Australia. If you think that you can't find them there, you can. And the website for Yowie World is yowieworld.com. It's as simple as that. I'm inviting each and every one of you to join me and Yowie World on our important mission to help preserve the animal kingdom and to teach people the importance of animal conservation. I invite you to join me on a noble cause. Until the next time, Yowie Ambassador, signing out. As I've stated on, the, on this podcast several times before that I'm a huge fan of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yep. I first got into it when I was 13 years old, when I started high school. That year was not a great year for me because, because it was a huge transition from primary school to high school. And it kind of brought out the worst in me. Mm. Scary time. Yeah, it was. And it caused me to, to become very anxious as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. I was doing badly in maths. It's just all the change, but, isn't it? Because people with yeah. Asperger's and, and with autism don't like change being very sudden and nope. and take some they time to get used to it, doesn't it? Yep, it does. Yep. For me, it, it definitely took some time. Yep. But um, my brother was watching SpongeBob SquarePants one day. He introduced it to me. It appealed to me because I liked the concept and the setting of it and because I got a lot of positive vibes from the show. The voice acting... The underwater setting, the narration from by Tom Kenny, who also voices SpongeBob, just the whole dynamic of the characters. Pretty silly, some how, of it too, isn't it? But that's this. But that's supposed to be the humor of it. Yeah, of course. There's never been a time where it has not made me laugh. Can you impersonate anyone from SpongeBob? Yep, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward. Do SpongeBob first. Okay, I'll just have to think think of a line first. Do you know what today is? A nice Squidward day. Ah, no, silly. That's on the 15th. Today's the beginning of the judging for employee of the month. SpongeBob, don't you know that award is a scam? What do you mean? Mr. Krabs gives you that award so you'll work harder for no extra money. That is not true, Squidward. He gives it to me because I work harder. You could win it too if you try harder. Oh, for what? To get my face on the wall of shame? <laughs> that was SpongeBob and Squidward. This one is from pa Patrick and Squidward. I can't believe it. My purebred, which cost me $1,700, lost to a rock. 
Don't worry, Squidward. I knew how much you wanted to win, so I had the trophy engraved to you. Hmm. Property of Squidward Tentpoles. <laughs> you do a great, Patrick. Oh, wow. Look, if you don't get into voice acting, I will be very surprised. Well, I'm definitely determined. Yeah, yeah, you should be. Well done, you. Thank you. And because high, the first year of high school was pretty difficult for me, um, SpongeBob was used as a coping mechanism and has become one of my favourite television shows since. Right. Because I used to watch it every day after after high school in year seven. And it took your mind off the, the hard stuff? Yeah, it certainly did. And fun fact, um, SpongeBob SquarePants was not the only television show that I, that I started watching and became a fan of that year. Mm-hmm. Gilligan's Island was too. Ah, that's when it started. The love of Gilligan's Island. Yep. But of all the characters, I loved Gilligan and the Skipper the most. Gilligan was the best. I mean, he was just yep. the best. Goofy and funny and... Yep. And the Skipper, he just reminds me so much of my dad. Yeah. But, you know, I had a little bit of a crush on the professor. So did Ginger. <laughs> no. Except the thing is, he's asexual. He's not interested in either gender romantically. I didn't plus, know that. Um, whenever Ginger flirted with him, he didn't respond to it the way she wanted him to. No, she. Ne- yeah, no, you're right. He never did, did he? How come I got to 50 years old before I realised that the professor was asexual on Gilligan's Island? People just don't notice these days. Ginger's always been my least favourite character. I know, I know. You think she's a little bit loose. She's a princess. But there are moments where... where where even Marianne acts like a girl. Well, you know, if you were stuck on a desert island, I think you'd probably have a few tantrums now and again as well. I suppose, but at least I'd be left alone by the world. But I also do admire Mr. Howe, but only for his wealth. Oh, Mr. Howe, he was the millionaire. Yep, I just wish I was. What would be the first thing you would buy if you were a millionaire? A house and put the rest of the money in the bank where it belongs. That's boring. That's boring. All How's right. that boring? Come on. If you were a millionaire and you're not allowed to buy a house and you're not allowed to put money in the bank, what fun thing would you buy? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. He can't cope with this question. What would be the first fun thing you would buy or purchase or do with that money? I don't know. Buy a Rolls Royce. Oh, my God. I can see you getting out of a Rolls Royce all done up in your suit and tie. That would be the best. I would never trade my car for a Rolls Royce. What's your car? It's a Honda Civic. I only care about what's reliable. Oh, my God. What if I took your Rolls Royce? I'll take that. Thanks. And plus, houses don't buy themselves. And if I have no money to support my my family, no one's going to want to stay married to me. When people make vows to each other, they don't make the vows to the wealth. They make the vows to the person. I know. I understand. But the thing is, you need to have some money behind you to provide pay the bills, put food on the table, and provide security. It's okay to want that, and I, I get it, you want it, but you don't have to have it. It's because because I'm so old-fashioned, if I'm in a relationship with a woman, I I take it as my responsibility to, to, be, to be there for her and provide for her. What if she's earning more than you and she wants to provide for you? I'd be happy for her if she, if she makes more than me, but I just hope that she'll be able to handle... The fact that I would be absent from home frequently because of being an actor. If she loves you, she'll love you no matter what you do and where you go. Yep, but I also remind her that no matter where I go in this world, my heart always stays home. Well, she might want to come with you. Sit in your trailer and help you go through your lines. That's that's fair enough too. I'd be happy to have her around. Because at least I, at least I have a treasure to, to be with. Oh, Michael, all this good stuff in front of you. Yes, 
But there's a problem. I'm as blind as a bat. Sometimes I have difficulty seeing the good, the good things that are ahead of me. That's because you're impatient. You want things now. With situations, I am. But doing my best to find stuff to keep me occupied and not ha- and have that take a back seat. I think it's because I've been determined and ambitious for so long that it's um become a very um powerful hunger. Yes, I agree. But what people have been telling me, it's been dawning me that that the hunger only grows stronger the more you think about it. And that's awesome because it's your passion. You should be hungry for it. And it will taste yep. very, very sweet when you eventually get there. Yeah. Well, everyone, this has been a very fun episode to record today. A little bit, a bit of a nice break from, from interviewing people because we don't have to do it every week. As long as we keep the ball rolling, keep things interesting and, and fun, that's what's important. Absolutely. Also, a gentle reminder that another reason for this podcast is to give people something to laugh at, something to smile about. Something that distracts them from the from the rat race during the day. Yeah, that's the main reason why this podcast exists. To bring light to the world. Because I, because I want this podcast done in a very unorthodox way. Well, talking about cubed wombat poo is pretty unorthodox, my friend. So, hashtag nailed it. I guess we did. <laughs> yep. Hashtag shit happens. <laughs> no, no. Hashtag cubed shit happens. <laughs> oh, that's better. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun talking to you. Thank you, Michael. It's my pleasure, Mandy. Thank you very much for your time today. It was another very interesting, fun chat. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Mr. Ray plus, Mr. A-A plus. Okay, bye. Bye.